0: One of our colleagues, Sam Thompson, who, um, if you saw him, you'd sort of right away assume he was a hippie. Get
1: up up your ass and get up!
0: Welcome to Witch Police Radio. As regular listeners to the show know, the obvious focus of this this podcast is on Manitoba artists, uh, Winnipeg and beyond, obviously, but I also like to uh, talk to what I call Manitoba adjacent artists, and that usually gives me an opportunity to interview people who are from here, and maybe they've moved away, or they have some connection to Winnipeg, and to Manitoba, and uh, art here at the moment. So uh, the guest on the show, I think, falls into the Manitoba adjacent category, and I think the best way to kick this off is if you want to just introduce yourself, and maybe give a bit of background about, first of all, what you do musically, and then what your connection is to the city and the province.
2: Sure. Uh, well, my name is John Testar. i originally from Winnipeg, um, and I'm basically, uh, at present, I guess I would loosely define what I'm doing as kind of being like a, an improviser and a composer. Okay. Um, i had some i had a many years of a background as a classical musician as a classical guitar player and I had actually started my lessons living in Winnipeg and okay. I, you know i lived there until i was twenty three years old so spent spent a a good lot of time there yeah for sure. um um so basically you know there was an inception period i guess when I was eighteen uh i started uh, like taking it a lot more seriously like playing classical guitar and i was really into it and had great local teachers and um and beyond that, I guess the the reason for leaving was just to expand my horizons in studying that, and okay. just uh, yeah.
0: And so, I mean, from what I've heard of your stuff, I know you have a lot of kind of uh, videos that you post on social media of you performing, yeah. and there's there's some stuff on SoundCloud and everything. I mean, uh, the the improvised nature of it seems like a pretty uh, significant part of what you do. And so, yes. I mean, that's there. Obviously, there are a lot of people who do that do music that's improvised, but the fact that you're a solo musician and you, it's just you and the guitar. How do I mean, maybe this is too big of a question to start off with, but how how does one approach improvising when it's just you and you don't have anyone to play off? You're just sitting there with the one instrument and you're trying to make it and successfully, I think, sound like an actual piece of music rather than just someone noodling, right?
2: Absolutely, yeah, which is always the struggle. Sure, like, <laughs> um, but I. Th- I think it just comes from having done classical musician for such a long time. And you're often playing in a social or a solo context. Sure. Sure. Um, So I was already comfortable doing that. Um, So, I mean, that's probably, yeah, it's probably my greatest strength at time is being able to do that. I mean, I certainly can play with other people too. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, But I find, you know, I, I feel comfortable with that role, and I find like a lot of the times with jazz musicians, it's often the opposite. Like you know, they don't like that a lot of the times. I mean, there's some who who you know revel in that, but of course, yeah. You know, so I'm just kind of playing to my strengths, I guess. Um, yeah. So maybe, uh, maybe this is
0: getting a bit too like obviously not technical, but specific. But I mean, when you're sitting there and you you're gonna be playing, whether it's for an audience, whether it's for yourself. What is the process of of creating a piece? I mean, you know, I, I'm sure there's obviously more to it than just sitting there and just messing around and seeing what sound good, sounds good because you have all this training and all this background and you know the the, the the musical theory and everything behind it. How do you put something together like that?
2: Oh, man. <laughs> well, sometimes I don't even know, <laughs> um, which is one of the best parts of it um, is, is that, I mean, I think, uh, like, like, just to give you a little backstory. Sure. I mean, when I lived in Winnipeg, I mean, I was basically like a skater guy, and it was all about you know being risky and yeah. there was a spontaneity to it. Um, and all all of my friends who did it were also very much like that, and they also happened to be artistic types. And it's just, it's just the personality, totally. I think. And, and it and it translates in that way too, and it's not just because I want to gamble and risk, although I think that's part of it. you know the, the, there's an adrenaline thing, especially when performing, I guess, but it's more about just kind of getting deep into yourself and seeing, okay, like even though your brain is screaming, I don't know anything. I've got nothing like like it, it's a really terrifying proposition, yeah, yeah at times but it's really nice when you can just finally just you know kind of dive off that diving board and say okay like I'm vulnerable and here we go you know and and that's often when it happens when you get past that point well, um
0: maybe a better way to deque- ask the question then is is how do you know when you've hit yeah. on something good like what is it that 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 works for you as as a creative person like when you're sitting there playing what determines this particular sound this particular series of notes of chords how do do you know it works like how do you know this is something that you want to share potentially i don't know if you want to replicate it but but do something in that vein again right um well
2: well, i mean certainly i mean one thing that always happens, I I always get like a really dumb smile on my face when I'm just doing it. And it's just like, okay, like, there's something happening in here. And I can just uh, either choose to stay with it or go with it. And, and I know I'm kind of happening with it. And I can also feel it from the audience too. There's a synergy that just locks in and you know that you're in there. You're connecting
0: on some level with, yeah, yeah.
2: For sure. And, And, and it's like a reciprocal thing. And, and you can choose to to expand on it or whatever, you know. So, I mean, it's a very malleable thing. And then the best is when you can actually remember something and then you've got a seed for something later. Yeah, sometimes yeah. that happens. Um, sometimes it doesn't, though. You know, sometimes it just goes away forever. And you're like, wow, I, I have to let that go. <laughs> like, it's not going to happen again. But but that's, that's part of it, too.
0: Well, you mentioned uh, a couple of minutes ago about the risk-taking element of it. Does it help that there is no the listener doesn't know what to expect from you. Like, I mean, it's not like you're performing a song where they've heard it on the radio a thousand times and they know every chord change and every, every, you know, verse and chorus. Like, they know what to expect, right? I mean, you're doing something where the expectation isn't really there. It's just kind of what's he going to come up with next, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean... That's the one thing I'd like, I think I went pretty full throttle with it at one point in the sense that I was just like, you know, I love this improvisation and it was almost like a rebellion too, against the classical stuff. Cause sure. I, you know, I did find it somewhat stultifying, like, like it stopped me uh, in a certain way. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, but I realized I went maybe a bit too far and it's not, you know, it, it, it's a very common thing. I mean, you want to achieve some balance between some, some recognizable stuff, but, um, you know, I mean, you know, for example, I did an arrangement of a of a caribou tune uh that I just posted a while ago. Um that was pretty neat. Um that 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 made my day for sure. Um but it's just stuff like that is it's nice just to fall back on things because that's the thing. like you know, I found myself going, Good Lord, like this is so much pressure. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, to do that all the time. So um you know, i'm still in the process of achieving a balance with that for sure and it's hard to do because you know, the creative whim can go anywhere you know so
0: yeah yeah, yeah. Well, it's interesting you mentioned that, that, that having the um the kind of formal background and then doing the improvisational thing because i i find that a lot of people are either one or the other like i know people who ha- are, are just incredibly well trained musically and they can play mm. anything you put in front of them and they can play it by ear but then you get them yeah. to improvise and it's not there because they for sure. are it's so drilled into their head like that they have to do it the way it is everything perfect how it's written and it's a totally different absolutely. like do you feel it's a different side of your brain just trying to like play something that's, i think so yeah
2: Yeah. absolutely for sure and like on on, on that note for example I, you know people i studied with they would always claim like you know you know i can't improvise i can't do this but meanwhile like you know they used to jam on like zeppelin tunes and do their own thing i'm like well right. there you go
1: I mean, you're doing that's improvisation. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah i mean you know what to do but it's just that when you're in that horse blinder context, I mean, there's virtually no opening for that, you know. So you have to make it yourself, and you know. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> do you think it affects um, people's ability? Like, do you think do you think it just naturally kind of impedes your ability to be? I don't want to say original, but I guess original. If you've gone through so much of that, where you the rigid kind of training, where you you everything is sort of dictated to you. Well,
2: like I. I guess like some musicians come to mind like i'm thinking of you know like a jazz pianist like oscar peterson sure. or keith jarrett sure. or someone and you know keith jarrett certainly a, like a really big inspiration for me um but those are people who really s- struck a nice balance between being able to i mean, I mean they clearly have that training yeah, in their yeah, finger yeah. yeah. and it's that discipline is there but because of the discipline and all their other kind of latent abilities with with, with improvisation it's just a lovely marriage um but often the time, I, I mean, you know, you, it's very rare. I totally agree with you that, you know, you don't see that every day, but but I think it's it's something to shoot for, um, yeah, you know, cause even historically, I mean, all those great composers that we often think about, they were improvisers. Sure, I mean, yeah. you know, it was just, and why did they do it? Because that's where that's where the heart of the heart in music is, you know, it, it's in the moment. I mean, it's fun.
0: Yeah, <laughs> you know? well, it's so, supposed to be anyway, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, so I mean, that's why I think they did it. It's just because they feel it. And it's it's spontaneous.
0: Where do you where do you sort of feel like you fit in uh, genre wise then because you know people think <laughs> improvisation they immediately think jazz and yeah. obviously there's there's some of those elements in there but I don't know if I mm-hmm. would think say that you're just specifically a jazz guitarist because there's a lot more yeah. going on there uh, and then again with improvisation people will go all the way over to like the harsh noise kind of side of things and that you yeah. know and that's not what you're doing either so how do you just dis- describe it like do you do you have sort of a, a Cole's Notes version of saying what it is that you do. <laughs>
2: um. I, I guess, I mean, you know, like, I guess almost like a tongue in cheek, they would be, it's like progressive guitar. (laughs) Like that's as good as I have right now. I know it's incredibly lame, but, uh, um, yeah, I, I I mean, well, first of all, I mean, like up until very recently, like it was kind of like almost like an existential crisis, like, you know, like where do I fit in? Like, where's, you know, like, where's my clan or my tribe type of thing. And, um, but I'm beginning to understand that it's okay not to, and I don't mean that in a cheesy way or anything, it's it's okay not to fit in or anything, but <laughs> but, but, uh, but it actually is okay, because yeah. you can draw strength from that. and And I find that I do in that process, just like, oh, this is okay. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, it doesn't. Doesn't have to belong to anything necessarily, but it certainly borrows from those things. I mean, I'm you know I constantly listen to those musicians, like such as jazz musicians, sure. all the time. Sure. You know, but but I don't feel comfortable again, like submitting to like one form of being like, you know, this is my life. I, I just can't do it. You know.
0: Well, that maybe it's, leads to a, an, a, an offshoot of that question: is is, is- People, especially now, the way people consume music and everything, everyone wants to put a label on everything. Everyone wants to have yeah. a subgenre of a subgenre of a subgenre, and, and yeah. you know, really put everything in a little pocket somewhere so they can they can file it away in their head. How does this affect you as far as playing live? Like you have this hmm. sort of nebulous identity as a musician. Yeah. Right? And like, do you who are you playing shows with? Like, what what kind of audiences are you performing for and stuff? I, I mean, I know now we're in the midst of a pandemic, so yeah, shows are probably sure. a few and far between. But just in general.
2: Well, you know, like, just the fact that there has been all this time to kind of reconsider and inevitably you, you think more about what you're doing yeah. to a certain degree, you have more space for that. And I kind of just realized that, you know, I mean, a lot of my, my favorite musicians were the type who could who could play anywhere. <laughs> um. So, but particularly, I mean, even talking with my sister, um, she even just dropped the dropped an idea being that you can play like what about folk festivals because it's just an open thing and I remember even going to the Winnipeg Folk Festival and you just happen upon some artists that you know you have no idea where they come from what they do but they didn't necessarily belong to anything but it was like this is fantastic I mean that's all that matters and you know and you're grooving to it all day and and I thought you know this is really great and it was just open and maybe you know and I'm thinking certainly the potential is in in festival kind of atmospheres like that i think that would make sense
0: yeah um yeah okay okay so, i mean there might not be an answer either other than that either right i mean it's just kind of uh, because because it's hard to define how does it work then as far as um as far as recording goes i mean you know hmm. if you're doing 90 percent of or most of what you're doing completely on the spot improvised how do you know what to record <laughs> Do you record everything <laughs> and then sort of select the best the best pieces from that or what's the strategy there
2: well um like for example, I, like in a few, in actually about three months now, I'm going to be recording an album, like a full length cool. solo guitar album in Toronto, um, uh, with uh, one of my, one who's a very good friend and his father, who's like a he, you know he's a retired senior uh, CBC oh, kind cool. of music producer, so he knows his microphones. That's
0: and convenient to and have. Awesome.
2: It. Yeah, it's, it's very convenient, and they're wonderful people, and so it makes it a lot better. Um, um, okay. Repeat the question. <laughs> i lost my train. The question was:
0: when you when you're recording, how, how do you decide what's going to end up on? Like, for example, this album oh, that you're working on. Yeah, is it all just kind of do you, do you just do it all on the spot and record that, or do you have sort of predetermined ideas or, or seeds of ideas to, to start from?
2: It's kind of like a like a balance between both. Like, like so, the idea is that, like I'm going to have these things, but for now they're going to be called interludes. So okay. it's going to start with with something in a kind of a free improvisatory. Fashion and it will come in and then it'll fade and recede and then there'll be a composition which will have improvisation and right. then that will go away and then there'll be another free improvisation you know so it's kind of layered and almost like, like kind of like a DJ shadow album okay, or something yeah, like I can see that yeah, very, yeah yeah it's very you know f- from the entry from his album uh, introducing, introducing for example yeah. like has the, he calls them transmissions yeah. but you know but, but it adds like a lot of atmosphere. And so, but then there'd be like these beautiful, we'll call them compositions that he put forth and it's like, wow, this is just solid, like in that sense. So it's kind of boring from that, that theme, I think, Um, but certainly there's some uh, predetermined compositional aspects to it, like, like, you know, firm structured compositions, you know, so it's kind of a, a marriage between those two.
0: Well, this yeah. is maybe a, a similar situation, not quite the same, but one of the things I like a lot about listening to free jazz, especially like people who are you know really good at it, is that it will be chaos for a long time, and then suddenly mm-hmm. everything just for like a minute gets sucked back into some kind of uh, order, and and yeah. so you know that everyone that there's there's a structure here, even though it's 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 so loose and so chaotic that suddenly yeah. like you've been listening to ten minutes of noise, and then for two minutes they're all playing the same thing, and this that moment of like sort of. Clarity that this is something that actually has a focus and and, and, a, and a flow to it and everything, and just back to to nuttiness. I'm not, yeah. I'm not saying yours is the same at the same level of, of crazy because it's just a guitar. But I mean, yeah, yeah it sounds like it's a similar kind of uh, theme where you're you're going from just improvisation to to something that has a that people can follow and then back into the the more um, imaginative, I guess, uh, parts
2: exactly yeah because you know like i think we've all seen shows where it's exactly that. It's, it's almost like an anarchistic like yeah. it's free for all and it's noise and like i, I saw a show, a show with a, a gentleman who went up there and it was like, probably the, the loudest show i've ever heard and you know he actually took nails to his pickups and oh, wow. it was just it was unbelievably loud but but still very much admiring it you know because it i know what it takes to get up there and do that at least to, like to get up and perform in general but uh But I I do find I feel concussed after those moments and it's just like, you know, so my thing, I mean, you know, it it usually has to have some sort of melody or progression based aspect to it. Um, But there's room for everything, but definitely like tying in something, something to hold on to. Yeah, I, I think that's that's important for me, you know.
0: guitarist, I mean, as as the guitar being your only instrument that you're sort of conveying mm-hmm. everything you're conveying, what is the most important aspect of it? Like, is, is the tone as important as, as what you're actually physically playing on the guitar? Just because you you have this one instrument to make this sound, and, and you're obviously... I get the feeling that you... you There's a lot more thought into it than just... Like we said, you're not just noodling, you're conveying emotion, yeah. you're conveying themes, and, and putting feeling into it. Like, what sort of elements of the physical guitar are important to, to do that? I mean, h- how much of it is playing and how much of it is manipulating sort of the the sound of the instrument just from the get-go
2: yeah like well it's kind of weird actually because uh, like i mean in terms of the electric playing like i'm definitely i mean i've been very much influenced from jazz guitar sure i mean like you know i i tend to use the neck pickup a lot and i roll the tone off a little bit so i'm i'm definitely cheating or borrowing from from (laughs) from that from that type of aesthetic
1: Yeah.
2: yeah um you know, so, I mean, that is a big consideration, but, you know, I am playing solid body kind of typical American guitars, you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's it. I mean, I don't, I don't play the, the hollow body guitars or anything. And so, yeah, like it's, I, I mean, it is a consideration, but it's actually quite simple. It's like, just give me a Fender amp and one of these, <laughs> that's all I need, you right, know, right. like, it's like whenever, you know, friends here, Hey man, you know, i got this you know, the pedal for the tone. I get the compressor. I'm like, no, 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 no. This is just, it's too much. It's, to it's already too, it's, it's just too much. I like it really simple uh, because, you know, to me, that's, for me, that's where the life is again. You know, it's just like in in the simplicity of the setup and then you don't have to worry about it as much, I should say. But yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um,
2: and, you know, but, but certainly on the, on the nylon string, whenever I play that, I mean, I'm, you know, certainly like the tone aspects are, you know, I derive that from the classical days and, that's a big deal. I mean, you, you know, you spend, you know, years and years trying to get that to it, a, yeah. to an even keel. Right. So that, that's been pounded into me. <laughs> so yeah, it's not going anywhere either. So, you know,
0: when you're choosing yeah. to go between the, the you know, the, the classical guitar or the electric guitar, yeah, is that, what is the choice based on? I mean, is it is it just sort of a feeling today? I'm going to be playing this one, or or do you have sort of I I want to play something with this kind of feel to it, or or I have this emotion and I want to get it out. How do you select the instrument?
2: Um, I I think it just has to do with things like sometimes I'll use like alternate tunings on the guitar. Okay. It's a, it's you know a very common thing to do but I mean, there's a certain sparkle and shimmer that you can't get on the electric guitar versus the acoustic. Um, you know, so there are certain things that that require a certain depth of or atmosphere and, and a shimmer. Cause I like to, I like to have long pauses and like, you know, just to really draw things out and you can certainly do that with the electric, but it's just a different, it's a different sound. Um, so, you know, but it's also like what you were saying, like, sometimes it's just a feeling. It's just like, I, or I'll wake up and go, God, I hate acoustic instruments. <laughs> <laughs> I just hate them right now. I just want to go full on electric. Yeah. So, you know, I think that there's some whim aspect to it, you know, absolutely. So,
0: I guess just to, to offshoot of what you just said, how important is, is silence in what you do? I mean, having those periods where you stop playing, because that's as much a part of the song as as the actual notes you're playing, especially as a solo artist, right?
2: Yeah, I think it's well, you know. As an example, I mean, my my master class in silence was was going to a Keith Jarrett concert actually, like, and it was in Toronto. It was a birthday present. I was just overjoyed, and and there he was, type of thing. And he, you know, he walks out with a you know a big Bossendorfer classical piano, you know what I mean? And he just sat down. But you know, when the spotlights dimmed, he sat there for over two minutes. And as a performer and as an audience, it's a long time. It's a long time, like. You know, but, you know, you hear some murmurs and coughs and stuff and like, but as soon as he, and you could see him not, not knowing where to put his hands and he, because he does free repository concerts. So he would just lay the hand on it was perfect. It's just perfect, you know, so it's incredibly important, I think. And, and knowing that you can do that and it's not, I I mean, it, it it can be awkward for others, but you can't make it awkward for yourself because (laughs) what you're trying to do is what you're trying to do is just get into that thing um, that is always there I think you know so it's just a matter of just you know allowing yourself to essentially ground yourself into it which is you know can be a battle sometimes right so I
1: believe it yeah yeah you. Mm-hmm.
0: how can people hear your stuff? I mean, uh, you know, I know you said you, you're working on an album, which will be a few yes. months away here, but as far yeah. as uh, just checking you out online and, and keeping up with what you're up to, what's the best way to, to find you
2: for, for right now? It's uh, it's, Instagram and SoundCloud yeah. uh, for now. It's just like, I, I'm actually in this kind of inception period as to figuring out how to actually put myself out there. Like, I'll, I'll admit it. <laughs> I'm that guy. Yeah. Um, but, but luckily, you know, I'm definitely learning. And, and uh, so, you know, the next step is to get a YouTube channel and website and all that kind of stuff. So it's it, the ball is rolling, cool. but cer- certainly Instagram and SoundCloud would be the first thing for now. But,
0: well, that's an interesting yeah. problem I think a lot of people have where they can handle the creative side of things no problem because they've been doing yeah. that their whole lives, but then it's like, oh, I have to market myself and, and, and you know, <laughs> sell myself, and it's a it's a weird sort of, uh, I mean, even for me doing this podcast trying to get people to listen it, it feels weird, right? So I mean, you're yeah. kind of like I'm forcing myself into your space and <laughs> making you, you know, demanding your, your time, right? So yeah, I, I get that for sure.
2: Yeah, no, for sure. I, yeah, I, and you know, I'm certainly one of those people. But I, I, I happen to have a friend who's actually from Winnipeg who's a, a visual artist, okay. and uh, she offered to be my manager. She told me she's very displeased with my marketing skills. <laughs> so I think I have good people in my camp. You know, like like to you know who who aren't afraid to be critical, uh, which is. Great. You know, so like bring it on type of thing. So,
0: so what's the, uh, what are the addresses for the Instagram and the SoundCloud? I'll link to them in the show notes, but just so people listening, if they hear it and they happen to be at a phone or something, I'm going to look you up. What's the best way to find you there?
2: Well, the easiest way is just through the Instagram. It's just at John Testar. And then the SoundCloud link is actually found within the Instagram. It's just at the top type of thing. So Perfect. yeah. Perfect.
0: And then uh, the good thing about this being a podcast is someone could be listening, you know, the week it comes out, or they could be listening a year from now. Uh, you think Instagram by then will probably still be the best place to go? or Are you hoping, as you said, to, to expand your uh, empire of <laughs> social media?
2: Yeah, definitely hoping for expansion by that by that time for cool. sure.
0: Cool. And yeah. then the record when it comes out. Um, I mean, I know you're you're months away here at this point, and no one knows what's going to be happening with the pandemic. I mean, hopefully things improve, but. Yeah, we've been saying that for two years. Um, yes. What is start, sort of your, your your immediate plans once you have the record out, assuming you can play shows and assuming that things are more open?
2: It, it's exactly that. It's just it, it's just really just getting gigs, just playing out. And luckily, uh, in a city like Toronto, I mean, this is, it, it. Really is amazing by contrast. At least when I was younger yeah. in Winnipeg, I mean, I know it's changed since then, but you can you there's people performing every day here. Like it's just, and there's just, there's so many places to play. So that's, that's the first thing. And then shopping it out to festivals, really just trying to get on a roster there would be, would be the next step. And just, yeah, just as long as the stage is there. So.